0: Thank you for inviting me again. It's always nice to come to Somerset West. I saw a young couple there that I haven't seen for a long time visiting. God is good. I was just so excited. I actually wanted to cry when I saw him. And he's such a... He's given me so much trouble in my life. But I still love him. Because God loves him. I'm joking. (laughs) I'm joking. So much. Shows who he is. No, I couldn't possibly do that. Embarrass the guy church is not for embarrassing. It's one of my gifts, so I'm going to just hold that. That's, I'm just going to hold that. Yeah, he'll know, he'll know that too. He knows. Okay, let's just pray that the word hits your heart this morning. You know, the word is living. You know that. This, this book is living. It's living. When it's closed like this, it's useless. But when you open it, does this in your hand is life, and it's active, and you read it, and it speaks to your heart. Let's pray. <laughs> Lord, we come because you, you are the living word, Jesus. You've given us this written word, which tells us of you, and as we just delve into it this morning, Lord, I pray you'll open our hearts. Lord, we don't want to just, as it were, thread it through our eyeballs and just have it. We, we want you to bring us revelation of it, and for us to embrace that revelation, and to change, to become more like you, for your glory we pray, amen. So I've even got a text, how's that for a good old preacher? Thanks for the welcome, one of the old guys. I can still say that blew my hair back. I'm I'm just saying, (laughs) I'm going to read, so um, Acts chapter 3 please. Did you manage to organize it? There we are. I I like the the first word, one day. Just one day. Just on a day. No special, just one day. Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John... About to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have. But what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. And I want to preach this morning on... What have you got? What have you got? What have I got? What has God given to us? Silver and gold, the old King James Version says, have I none. But in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. I remember the old preachers when I was first saved, the the Bible says he was begging for alms. You know, we've got an alms account. He was begging for alms and God gave him legs. And it was a miracle. And the Bible tells us after this, if you read it, he he caught hold of Peter and John and he ran into the temple. And it was not the place to do what he did. But he was jumping and leaping and praising God. And he was out of his little tree. And all the religious people said, what is going on here? This is the temple. And he didn't care because he had met the living Christ by being healed, by being healed. I can't give what I haven't got. I can't give what I haven't got. And um, Jesus said in, you're going to have to jump around with me, I'm sorry, in John 15, verse 5, that's in the third, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. And then this apart from me, you can do nothing. So I looked up the Greek word for nothing. It says nothing <laughs> I can do a lot of things I can do lots of things I mean I'm a talented guy I mean I don't know about Richard at his age when he, what he can do but I can do lots of things but none of it will count unless I give what Christ has given me all of it counts for nothing And the church is good at giving away what it gleans from other situations instead of getting what it's got for itself. We cannot live on second-hand blessing. We must get it for ourselves. We must get it for ourselves. Moses, um, Gideon, and david and i'm not going to go there to give you the scriptures but moses we know about uncle mo i mean he writes of himself over moses was the most humble man on the earth that's what moses said about himself i mean i love my humility it's the thing i'm most proud of that's what he was saying (laughs) the most humble man that's what it says in the bible but god gave moses a commission and you know what he said he said but lord i'm slow of speech So we interpret that to mean he might have stuttered a little bit. Um, And and he said, "I, I, I can't do this. But God gave him a stick, a staff. So Moses had a stutter and a stick. And he went for it. And God did amazing things with Moses. And Gideon, Gideon came from a small little tribe and he said, Who am I, God, that you should call me? I'm just a nobody. And God said, Stand on your feet. Behave like a man. Come on, Gideon. Get your act together. And he went into battle. You know the story. And Gideon went into battle with a torch and a trumpet. Nice thing to go into battle with. And they were shouting, sword for the Lord and a sword for Gideon. They had no swords. He had a torch and a trumpet. And God gave him a great victory. And David saw that Philistine called Goliath. And he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that speaks against the armies of the living God? Who does he think he is this uncircumcised Philistine? I always laugh when I think David wanted a wife and the king said, go and kill 400 Philistines and bring me their foreskins. I think, what on earth was that about? Poor old David. And he did it. And Saul put him in his armor. And David got dressed in religious garb. And then he took it off. He said, This is of no help for me. And he went to the stream and he found five smooth stones. And remember, they were in the stream and in the river of God. That's where we get molded and shaped. And those stones were shaped by the river. And he picked five smooth stones. And David had a sling and stones and he slew Goliath. And when he swung that thing and it hit Goliath, the Bible says it entered his forehead. And Goliath, as he fell, was heard to say this, nothing like that ever entered my head before. (laughs) So Moses had a stutter and a stick. Gideon had a torch and a trumpet. David had five smooth stones and a sling. And in John chapter 18, verse 11, when Jesus was in the garden and he's going to get arrested, this is what the Bible says, Remember Peter pulled out his sword, impetuous Peter, and he wanted to hit Malchus there because he wanted to split him. Mal on this side and cuss on that side. But he missed and he cut off his ear. And Jesus put the ear back and said, this is what he said to Peter, put your sword away. Shall I not drink the cup the Father has given me? And from that day, none of the disciples carried anything physical like swords. From that day, they carried the presence of God. That's why Peter could say in Acts chapter 3, I don't have any silver and gold, I don't have anything. But what I've got, I'll give you. And we look for things as church people, as Christians, we look for things to, to hold on to. What can I use to make it better for me? I'll, I'll build. I once rented a house from a, from a, a church. It was an interesting scenario. Um, and it was their manse. My late wife and I moved into this house. And the guy that stayed there built a little shrine where he worshipped. little shrine, little candles. and Because he had to have something to kind of just remind him. He had to have something to help him. And the Bible says Jesus went through the heavens. And he made a new and a living way for us to enter so we can draw. I don't need shrines and I don't need to kill things and I don't need religion and I don't need rituals and I don't need sacrifices. It's all been done for me. I come to him. That's my privilege. That's your privilege. It's our privilege. And we draw from him. And there she is, encouraging us to go to community groups because it begins there. And that's where you can say to your people, I don't have any money, although you have got money. Can you say amen? That's a very weak amen. But I know what you, you know, you don't want to tell you, I don't got money, I don't, just know they, they ask for money. We used to, we, <laughs> I used to say to people, fill out the visitor slip, put your bank account details on it And a joke, joke, joke. And one guy said, why do you want to make a deposit? So I'll stop that nonsense. <laughs> but you come, to the, you come to your community group, and that's where you can give what God has given you. And it starts small, because God says, I will give you something small, and if you use it well, I'll give you more, and I'll give you more, and I'll give you more. But some of us sip in our blessed assurances, and we don't give what God has given us. God said to Abraham, I'm going to bless you. Abraham said, Hallelujah. And God says to us, I'm going to bless you with all glory. No, but I bless you so you can be a blessing. Not to sit on it. They could only collect manna for one day. And the next morning the Bible says it was off, wormy and ugly. So every day I've got to draw from this God of mine for me so that I can live today for him. Because I want something to be able to give other people that I meet. If I haven't got, I can't give it. The Bible encourages us in Genesis to reproduce after our own kind. Put up Genesis for me. Chapter 1. Did I give you that? 12. It's a new computer. It's like me. It's a bit slow. The land produced vegetation. Plant bearing seeds according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds, and God saw that it was good. Next one. So God created the creatures of the sea and every living and moving thing with which the water teems according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. That's enough. You, You know what I'm getting at? We've, we've been made into the image of God. We are of the kind of God now. That's what we must give away. That's what we've got to give away to the world. They're desperate. I met a guy the other day. He said, I've tried my best. All my life, I've tried my best. I said, where's it got you, bro? And he said, not very far. I tried my No, with God, I've tried my best. No, 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 give it up. Give up. With God, if you surrender you surrender. I give up, Lord. You win. It's the only place that you win when you surrender. If you're in war and you surrender, you become a prisoner of war. It's terrible. But with God, when you surrender, you win. Then he says, come, I'll teach you how to do this. I'll show you how to do it. I'll put stuff in you by my spirit that will empower you. Have you ever been in situations where you listen to somebody and then afterwards you walk away and think, oh, why didn't I say that? And you're like five minutes too late with a stupid response. Then why didn't I? Because I'm not listening. I'm not listening. I'm so intent on giving. I'm not listening. I was invited to go to a little town. Well, I wasn't invited to the town. I was phoned and asked if I could speak to somebody on the phone. They'd been involved in things that I've never been involved in. Witches, wizards, warlocks healers that's the other side so this friend of mine said can I speak to this person and while I was speaking to my friend about whether I should speak to them, I felt God say to me go there so I said very bravely I'll come you'll come I said I'll come oh my word they said it'll take you know five hours I said I don't care God just spoke to me I must go so I went Oh, my word, I saw another world. But I could give them what God had given me. And you know, when I give God's things to people who don't know him, it changes their hearts. And we got rid of things. It took me one, two, three days. And then on the Friday morning, there was breakthrough. Oh, she said, I can see it. I can see it. Now, is that me? No, 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 no. I'm just like a drain pipe. Put my hand up, it flows out. Put my other hand out, and it flows out there. I'm just the conduit. I'm nobody. Gifts, I'm nobody. I'm nobody when it comes to the gifts. It's the person receiving what the gift is giving. That's the person that's important. The giver's not important. The, I'm, I'm getting it from God anyway. And we make out, yea, thus saith the Lord. I, remember, I thought yea, when I first got saved and went to a Pentecostal church, was the key to getting words. Yay, and then it would come. <laughs> that's what I thought because everybody that stood up said, Yay. Oh, thus saith, oh, goodness, that's amazing. i up. Yay, nothing, bro. <laughs> nothing. Yay, nothing. God said, Listen, speak. Not yay, don't yay me. Speak to me, get a relationship with me. So we must reproduce after our own kind. So I must reproduce what God has put in me. And you must reproduce it, what God has put in you. And that's how the community grows. I would say amen. I think that's quite a good point, actually. I'm just saying that humbly. <laughs> that's, how, that's how the church grows. That's how we develop. That's how God wants us to produce. You know what a mule is? A mule is a cross between a horse and a donkey, or a donkey and a horse. You know that a mule, a mule can't reproduce. Did you know that? I looked it up, you know, I Googled it. Now we used to have mules, they can't reproduce. They want to, but they can't. Because a horse has got 64 chromosomes and a donkey's got 62, and when they, re- when they crossbreed themselves, they get 63 and they can't reproduce. That's, that's free, it's for you. You can go to somebody at work tomorrow and say, Do you know something, Brian? <laughs> Mules can't reproduce, and that's got nothing to do with what you're talking about, but it will impress the person. God is not like that. We've got the chromosomes of Christ by the Spirit in us, and we give what Christ has given us. Peter said, I don't have any silver, I don't have money, but what I have got. I give you. If we, if we don't draw from growth, it's like shooting with blanks. We make a noise, man. It's like two, 1 Corinthians 13. You know, you're like a resounding gong and a clanging cymbal. You make a lot of noise, but it's just irritating. You had those people? They make lots of noise. Sorry, I'm not going to shout from now on. <laughs> but God wants to give you, and he's waiting for us Come, the Bible says, if we draw near to him, he'll draw near to us. He took the initiative with us right at the beginning. I didn't look for God, I didn't need God. I was a good guy. Well, I thought. And then one day God met me. It changed the way I see thought things. oh my goodness, I've misunderstood. I thought it was what I did, and God said, "It's nothing that you do." It's what I did. It's what I did. So all the glory is mine. Jeffrey, you ugly thing. Understand. I was trying to be a good religious guy. I was drinking in moderation and smoking in moderation and swearing in moderation. Everything was in moderation. And then I met him. And moderation wasn't a word I began to use. It was either for him or against him. Because he said, either you for me or you against me. I don't shoot blanks. I just don't want to make a noise. I want I want I want the real thing. And God 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 gives me the ammunition. Now don't go, you know, wanting to shoot. <laughs> Jesus did it with love. When you're a pastor, and I'll speak on behalf of our brother and sister there. Most of us don't realize what we have to go through. (laughs) Now I'm preaching the truth. Now I'm I'm not preaching now, I'm telling the truth now. (laughs) Because people don't understand the heart that we've got to have for all of you. And we carry things. We carry things. uh, you, You have difficulties and challenges and struggles and we hear them. That's what we're here for. But if, we, if, I'm, if, we're, not, if we're not going to God to, to ask him to help us to, to, to process these things, we, we start bearing it, we start carrying people's loads. And Paul wrote to the Galatian church and he said, we must bear one another's burdens, but each one must carry his own load. I can't carry your load. I've got my own load have I got issues yeah you've got issues Oh, we wondered we were listening to you for a minute but now we worried I mean, I, I'm not Mr. Perfect I used to be perfect now I'm conceited <laughs> now I'm a, I'm a work in progress I'm, I'm wanting I'm wanting I'm wanting in 1974 when did you get saved 73, oh, you beat me by a year, you ugly thing. (laughs) Next year, this man's going to be 50 years walking with God. 50 years. It's amazing. We can't take credit for that. It's by the grace of God. That song, all my life, you've been faithful. All my life. It's true. God always opens doors for us. We don't have to go running with, you know, like He-Man and Superman and bash doors down. God opens doors. So what he said to Abraham in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8 and 9. This is a lovely verse. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. (laughs) God says, I want you today... Yes, Here's the thing. God says, I want you to go. And then they come and talk to us, young people, and they say, all right, God has called me, and we're going to go to, we want to know how much we're going to earn. We want to know, you know, if you can set up some housing, and can we find a place? And can I beg your pardon? God called me out of a job that I loved in 19... 19- 74, when I got saved, he spoke to me. In 1987, 13 years later, it happened. I loved my job. In, if, it, if my wife had only listened in 74, it would have been so much easier because we only had one child. But in 1987, we had four kids. <laughs> and I had a nice job. I had a company card, a secretary, an expense account, and a, company assisted bond I was it was in the church elder glory to Jesus and then my wife came back from the beach one day and she said love God spoke to me good I said good she said it's time for what he told you 13 years ago I said you've got to be kidding now it it costs it costs Abraham I want you to go where am I going don't don't worry I'll tell you on the way God opens the door. We have got to have faith to walk through the door. God's going to open doors for you. Not to go to, you know, Cambodia or Uzbekistan or something. He's going to just open doors for you in your life, in your daily living. He's going to open doors for you to be a blessing, to give away what he's given you. You've got to have faith to believe that he can use you in that situation. You've got to walk through it. He said, by faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. Well, I don't want to, I know that, even though he did not know where he was going. Thank God we know where we're going. Poor old AB. Imagine Auntie Sarah, how she felt. Lovely, we're going on a journey. Oh, sweet, where we're we going? We don't know. How are we going? We're going to walk, darling, with camels and donkeys. And How far is it? I don't know. You mean we can't plan for the trip? No. Is, do I have to take putt course? Uh, yeah, lots. Why? Because I don't know how long it's going to be. What, what do you do when you go to Durban? You work it out. We'll go here. Yeah, we'll stop over. We'll, we plan it. Sometimes with God, that's too, that's, too, that's too many plans. God says, I want you to do. That's when he opens the door. That's when we've got to have faith. Faith in Hebrews 11, one says this. 11 one, it's being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. See, in our visual world, we, we want to see it. But God wants us, God wants us, what time did I start? I always forget to look at my watch. He's, he's you're timing it. Oh. so what time do you finish when I'm done like? I mean, I'm just saying that humbly. Really? Are you bored already? I'm only on my first page, brother. This my f- I haven't even turned the page. These pastors, you know. Okay, I'll go to half past. Is that good enough? Check your watches. It's quarter past. Will you, sir, when it's half past? Hey? I, might, I might look at you and I might ignore you. It just depends where we're at. Okay. Faith is so key to what God does for us. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. Andrew quotes that verse. I should quote Andrew. um, What what is this? Does this make sense to you? It's Andrew. Does this make sense to you? Does this make sense to you? Faith is the key. So Abraham went by faith. Where are we going? By faith, I'm going to believe. I'm just going by faith. And by faith in 19... 87 by faith we went into the ministry. Now I haven't lost my hair, got a bit gray, got a bit bigger, but I'm still here. Hallelujah. Hmm. When you've done what God calls you to do, in Hebrews 10, verse 35 and 36, it says this. When you've done what God calls you, he says this, do not throw away your confidence. How many of us get into situations where, oh, I can't do this. I can't do this. I was invited to go to a township in Pretoria once. We had a lady in our church who was a translator in parliament, and she um, she had a friend up there who was a pastor, and she said, no, you must go and visit him. And so he phoned me. I was his bishop. I felt quite cool with that. And he called me his bishop, and off I went to this township. I didn't know where I was going. Met him at the Kentucky Chicken, which is the place you meet in townships. Went to his house, had a cup of tea. I thought we were just meeting. And then he said to me, um, he said, right, we must go. I said, where are we going? He said, no, the church is gathered. The man of God is here. I said, oh, who? He said, that's you. (laughs) Oh, I said, he said, no, you've come here. You're going to preach and you're going to pray for the sick. My confidence left me. I threw it away. (laughs) It wasn't richly rewarded. So from his house to the church was my most effective prayer ever. Please help me, Jesus. <laughs> I didn't even have a Bible. And God gave me a text, and I preached. And then he said, you've got to pray for the sick. Now I preached, I thought, well, I can do this. And a lady came to the front. I don't know if I've told you this story before. She said, she was blind in one eye. She said, can you pray for my blindness? <laughs> of course I can, Hallelujah. I'm the man of God, bro. I prayed my best prayer. It was very weak. put my hand over her eye and I just prayed. I said, Jesus, only you can heal her. took my hand away. She, said, she went, she said, oh, that's better. I said, I beg your pardon? <laughs> <laughs> this man of God. <laughs> so I said, how many fingers do you see? Close that other eye. She closed her good eye. Three, two, one, whatever. Is this my thumb? Yeah, she saw. She was healed. I said to the pastor, are you sure she was blind? (laughs) This man of faith. But I had to be confident, not in my ability, but in what God had put in me over the years of walking with him. And my faith was the size of a mustard seed. And I left there feeling, come on, world, make my day. I'll be back. (laughs) That's how you feel, because you think, I can do this. When you've done what he's asked you to do, what he gave you, then you will receive what he has promised. Because God's got promises for us. All of us. You've got promises. You've, you've had promises through prophetic words, through through words of encouragement, through words of knowledge, through reading the Bible, through other. You've got promises. God's given you promises. We don't claim promises. I claim it in Jesus' name. Now, you believe the promise. Just believe it. That's the most difficult part. It's actually believing the promise. God spoke to me. Now, I've given you a promise. Now, I want you to do that so this promise can be fulfilled. Who? Who, me? Yes, you. I want you to do this. It's a little thing. I need faith to do it. And then God puts in me something that I never had before. And I can give it to people. And it can change their lives. I don't change lives. God in me changes lives. You're still with me? I'm going to keep going because I'm actually enjoying myself now. (laughs) So sorry, brother. Hebrews 10.23 says this. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. All my life you have been faithful. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope. Now let me explain to you hope in biblical language is not just I hope it doesn't rain tomorrow I'm playing golf. I hope the northwester blows so that the waves can get up I can surf. I hope <laughs> you surf Never use surfing analogies in preaching, they don't work. I told Andrew he's got to use golfing, and as I'm joking, love. So, so he said, Well, give me an analogy because he's always surfing, and then there's a second wave, and you bounce. I've never surfed in my life. If I put up a put in a put up put on a wetsuit and go and surf, and get I look like a beached whale Uh, when I get washed up on the shore, people will come and run and say, Oh, look, I know it's a man. (laughs) So, I'm not surfing. But it's always you catch the little wave and then the ripple and then I don't know what he's talking about. But So I said to him, Andrew, when you putt, if I'm standing to putt and the hole is 10 foot away, if I don't hit the putt on line here, it can be out by half a millimeter, Andrew. By the time it gets to the hole, it's this far away. And that's the Christian life. If I get it wrong here in... Five years' time, it's very wrong. So I never throw away my confidence. It will be rewarded. I'm gonna, I'm gonna well, it's offline this time, I'm gonna get it right next time. You know what I'm saying? We've got to have confidence in what God promised us. And hope, hope is not, well, I hope so. Hope is the confident expectation that God will fulfill what He promised. So, Isaiah 40:31, it's not, you haven't got it. The Bible says those who hope, those who wait on the Lord, will renew their strength. I looked up the Greek word for will. It says they will. They will. You'll renew your strength. If you wait, you hope in expectation that what God has promised you will come to pass. But you can't sit on your blessed assurance with it. You've got to use it. You've got to give away what God has given you in order for you to get more. Otherwise, it's like the manna. It goes ha, ha. <laughs> is a Kosa word for ugly, rotten. You've got to use what God has given you. Those who hope, those who wait and the will, they will mount up with wings like eagles, and this is the part, Allah. they will run and not be weary, they will walk and not faint. Can do it. It's not physical. Obviously, it's a spirit thing. It's a spirit thing. God will do it for you. Do we make mistakes? Uh, Yeah. How many? Lots. Can God handle them? He's big enough. He's big enough. Have I made mistakes? Yes. It's It's like you have a business, and the church is not a business. The church is not an organization. It's an organism. But in the In the world, in the business world, you have what they call the research and development department of a company. There they work out how things will best work. So if it's a motor car they're making, Suzuki, you know, the best car on the market today. If you have a Suzuki, then they research and develop the car. In that department, they make many mistakes. Because they test it, and then, oopsie, that's wrong. Then they test it, and then they... And they keep fixing what was wrong. And that's our life. We're in the research and development process. That's the prophetic guys in the church who say things that jar you think, oh my word, where did that come from? But it makes us, it, it awakens us to the, to the voice of God. Yeah, God, God has spoken. And then we have, we have the, 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 the mistakes, the prophetic. And then we have the end product. And that's the part we like, because it's all perfect there, and it's all nice. It's all pastoral. Oh, we love you, and oh, you're just wonderful. Come, let me give you a hug. And and then the prophetic comes. There's a mistake, guy. There's there's an error. There's something wrong. We need to fix it, because the research and development of our lives continues, never stops. Never stops God's developing us, growing us, helping us. Can you say amen to that? Thank God He doesn't give up on us. Where would we be? We would be men and women, most miserable. Last point. So I've got five minutes. What am I talking about? You still with me? Okay. What have I been saying? Anybody? We can make mistakes. Thank you, Craig. Anything else you might have got other than make mistakes? Yeah. <laughs> that's, no, that's true. We're saying that. I didn't preach that. But anyway, look, I'm trying my best. And so, you know, if you, if you don't take it and, and apply it, it's like I read the Bible and just thread it through my eyeballs. I, nothing happens. It's just... God's wisdom comes to us. God's wisdom comes to us. The wisdom of God is given to us. You might have the highest IQ in the land. You might have so many degrees from studying you look like a thermometer. You might be the cleverest guy on the planet, the cleverest lady. You might might have done the most remarkable things. You might have studied, researched, you've philosophized, you've got an above-average IQ, it counts for nothing. Because I can't know God that way. I can know about God that way. Revelation wisdom comes to me because I've worked hard for it. No, 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 it's called grace. I get to know this God by the Spirit and He gives me revelation And suddenly I see things I never saw before. Oh, my word. Like, you know, I discovered a mule can't reproduce. That's the other thing I said. (laughs) Cleverness doesn't qualify us. Human wisdom will fail us. Who did Jesus choose? I know, forget the Apostle Paul, he came afterwards, but the initial... Tax collectors, fishermen, you must go to Cork Bay when the snook are running and the boats come in and they all need a place to offload and somebody pushes in or something. My those guys change the blue color of the sky be their language. You know they say they can swear the air blue the, the, the hue of the blue changes. They give each other, and I'm standing there thinking, God chose guys like this. Now that's the truth. <laughs> <They> were, <laughs> I can see yokes. Nah. <laughs> nah. This is 2022, brew. That, fishermen are fishermen, they have never changed, they go fish. They swear, they cut their fingers, they catch fish, they've got very rough hands. They are rough men. And Jesus said to them, you come and follow me. And I'll make you fishers of a man. In Acts chapter 4, one of my favorite scriptures, because yeah, salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given amongst men whereby a man must be saved. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. But then they said this they took note. These men had been with Jesus. They took note. These men had been with Jesus. So it's not what you've done, it's who you are. And if I've been with him, he gives me stuff to give away. Then he gives me stuff. I was driving here this morning. It takes 40 minutes, a lovely drive if you keep looking right, coming this way. Because <laughs> then there's the sea. Um, and it 's nice, and the sea was clean, and it was a clear morning, and it was lovely, and then you go for the little poo factory, and you put your thing off so that you don't get any fresh air in there. and then you get onto the end too, it 's a lovely drive, all the way, just speaking to the Lord. And God said to me, "I want you to pray for sick people this morning. So I'm not the healer. I've prayed for sick people before, and they 've been healed. And I've prayed for sick people before, and they haven't been healed. But that's God's prerogative. Fortunately, I don't have to carry that responsibility. But I want to follow through what God said this morning. Now, you can be sick in your body. You can be sick in your spirit. You just feel, oh, God. You know, uh, uh, the acts... Luke, Luke writes, Luke writes, Luke, that there will be times of refreshing. I can't remember the scripture. He's nodding. It's in the Bible, brother. It's okay. It's there. It's there. there will be times. God wants to restore, to heal you spiritually. And sometimes just there's scars, there's hurts, there's anas emotionally. God wants to heal that. He can do anything. I'm not it. I'm just the conduit. I've been, I've got plastic drain, drain pipes down It They clean down there. It's been winter. It's flowing freely. I'm hearing God, and it's flowing. And I'm just standing there and redirecting the blessing. So if you are in that category, and you feel, I want, I want, I want you to pray for me, then we're going we're gonna to get you to come to the front. Okay? I, yeah, it's half past now. He's he's worried, you know, he's worried. I can see, listen, it's from nine to half past ten, eh? So not a dry cleaning service, eh? In by nine, out by half past ten. You know, and I come in, you know, and we we read out the Encyclopedia Britannica, and we we just send three points in a poem, and we send you home. It's, uh, no, no, this is is the life. This is real, eh? This is life. So uh, just let's close out.